this week on The Startup Life. There really are no secrets in life. It's it's how disciplined you are in following up on what you've learned. All right, Startup Nation, so let's take flight with Monty Wyatt, executive coach and author of Pulling Profits Out of a Hat. The Startup Life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Hey, Startup Nation. Do you enjoy the startup life? Now you can let the world know with gear from the show. Choose from the label yourself, make your own look, and making money t-shirts to tell your story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation. So I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We got a big time guest in the building today, Startup Nation. We got Monty Wyatt. How's it going, Monty? Uh, Wonderful, Dominic. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. No worries, no worries. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the Startup Nation today? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Let's do it. As always, Startup Nation, this is the Startup Life Podcast. This is Dominic Lawson, and it is powered by the Binge Podcast Network. So first things first, Monty, tell us about your path to entrepreneurship. Tell us that story. You know, uh, I'm, I'm a farm boy. Uh, I'm a farm boy from uh, Iowa. My family still farms, my dad and my brother. And, uh, you know, raising hogs and corn and soybeans, you're out there, you, you learned that you had to work hard every day to to pay the bills, to make the money and and uh, to keep farming. And so I went to Iowa State University in ag business and uh, then went to work for a chemical manufacturer and held roles in sales, sales training, sales management, marketing management, lived in oh, five, six places around the country. And I certainly couldn't be doing what I'm doing today without all that experience, but I was traveling about 80% of my time. Okay. And uh, about, I guess it was mid 2004, I said, my wife and I decided that that was not a good way to raise a family and, and have a good marriage of all that travel. So that was about the time we started looking for uh, a different job. Really couldn't find the job that matched my experience and our desires. Uh, so we got connected and I, I really can't remember how I got connected to a franchise broker. But, okay. Um, you know, he, we met with this gentleman and he asked us a ton of questions. What do you want out of life? What do you want out of a business? Do you want employees? Do you want a storefront? All these different questions. And he came back with a number of franchises that matched what he felt we were looking for. And in our due diligence, we dug into the organizations and some of them dropped off real quick. Some of them went farther. And that's actually how I found Action Coach Business Coaching. And so for almost, well, going on 15 years, I have been an executive leadership business coach with Action Coach Business Coaching. And it's it's crazy. I, like I said, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing today without my corporate life uh, experience and, and those responsibilities. Uh, but it, uh, it, it taught me as well. I needed to take ownership of my own future. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. And I appreciate that that story because you really frame how a lot of people start on that path to entrepreneurship to where uh, the, the the job or whatever didn't really fit the lifestyle that they kind of really wanted because you talked about that. And so I really appreciate you sharing that experience. Quick follow up, if I would. You know, uh, how important has your wife been on your path to building, adding zeros and stuff like that? Tell us a little bit about her. You know, that's uh, that is a fantastic question because uh, every step of the way, she's been part of the decisions. Uh, she was she was there when we we signed the dotted line for for Action Coach and, and moved on. And that uh, without her support, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing today. And I think that's a that's a big piece of it. Is you must have your partner truly be a partner in thought, in action, and in in support to make your 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 life your business your entrepreneurship journey successful because if if that partner isn't there for you 
uh, it just makes life much more challenging in making decisions and are, are we right, making the right decisions for our personal lives, for our family? For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. So, you know, you said you've been doing this for almost, what was that, 15 years now, correct? Yes, that's right. crazy. Right. So I imagine that, you know, on this very successful career that you've had, you know, even way back when, you know, you was at uh, Iowa State and stuff like that. Tell me about some of the mentors that you've come across, whether it's been at Iowa State, in action coaching, or just people that you've come across. Tell us about some of the mentors you have. You know, I'm, I'm going to first start when I was in my corporate life. Uh, okay. I had a couple managers that really, I'm going to say, poured into me. And it, it was different than other managers that I had had. They, they really cared how about how I was growing, how I was um, working towards the next phase of my life and what I needed to, to change and improve at to make that. And not all managers did that. So th there's two people very much in mind that, that did that in my career life. And, and the mentors after that, you know, I, I've got mentors that have been one-on-one -on -one coaching relationships with me. I had a, a coach myself. I still have a coach, but this particular coach that I'm referring to, uh, he and I were together, I'm going to say, for almost eight years. Wow. And I certainly could not be where I'm at without him and his challenges and his teaching. And so, you know, mentor isn't just one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, you, you should see my, my library I have here. I, I think I've got, oh, I'm going to say over 600 books on my shelves. And, you know, I may not have read every word in every book, but every book has been opened and I've, I've gained content from each one of them. And those authors have been my mentors. And I do have a, a handful of authors that I've really dug into and, and really been a part of my development and my growth. And uh, so that's, it's not just one-on-one -on -one relationships for mentors. It's, it's everyone that you're listening to and uh, from podcasts to books to, uh, to events and, and training sessions. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I'm actually going to ask you a little bit later about some of those podcasts and books that you read. But since we're speaking of books, I actually want to talk about your book, uh, Pulling Profits Out of a Hat. And, and so I, I want to first talk about, and you wrote this book with Brad Sugars uh, as well. So I want to talk about the inspiration behind that book. What made you guys write this book, Monty? You know, I, I will say the the journey probably started eight or nine years ago. Okay. And uh my focus in my practice, my, my leadership and coaching executives practice, uh, really is focused on the mid-market. And when I say mid-market, it's, it's five to 10 million and up. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're growing fast. They've got, say, 40, 50 employees or more. I've got some clients with hundreds, if not thousands of employees. You know, and so that, that journey has really been what have... I been interacting with how have I been interacting with these clients and what have we saw that has made these companies successful and and that's become the content of of our coaching practice uh, of the business adding zeros but also the content of the book to so we can help more people in what has made them have made them successful and I the, the book is around disciplines and, and that's the big part is discipline equals profit. And so many businesses base the discipline on individuals. Mm. The book talks about creating discipline in organizations. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that's very powerful when you talk about a lot of people think about, uh, you know, singular as opposed to the organizational as a whole. So that's very powerful stuff. So I actually want to ask you about something. It actually is a great segue to my next question because you talked about going around and looking at different uh, organizations that, that make it work, right? In the book, uh, you, you talk about Ikea and you also talk about uh, a certain fruit company I want to ask you about because you talked about in the book uh, that you were on a trip and you forgot your iPhone charger. And so <laughs> it kind of led to an eye-opening experience. Share that story if you would with us, Monty. Well, you know, it's, I, I want to talk about that company for a second because okay, go ahead. The, the, the thing is you go into that retail store mm -hmm. and it doesn't look like a retail store, right? Everything is hidden, but everything is efficient. You know, that they, they made, they make the transaction 
so transparent that you want to go back there and buy more. And, you know, that's the thing. They, they, they greet you right away with, with smiles. How can we best help you today? And then they take you directly to the right spot. And out of nowhere, uh, they, they charge your card. And out of nowhere, there comes the receipt. And here's the box automatically with whatever you bought coming right in it. And, you know, it's, it's about the experience. And the experience that they provide just makes it enjoyable. And as, a, as an organization, when you think about your customers and that customer experience, you want to wow people in every touch Absolutely. and in every impact that you have with them. And so, you know, part of the story was we got there before the, the doors opened and the the, the employees of the store were already out talking to those waiting in line. How best can we help you today? And the doors hadn't opened yet, but they're getting everything ready. So the second the door is open, they can satisfy their customers where, you know, you walk through the rest of the mall. Well, they've got the gates closed and they're not going to open until, until it's exactly 10 o'clock or whatever the time they open. Right. And, they're not going to be as proactive as, as this group was here. That's, that's a big impact on longevity of a business is how you treat your customers and what that experience looks and feels like. For sure. Thank you so much for sharing that. That customer experience automation that Monty is talking about, it's so important. It really can make the difference between being in business for one to two years or as long as, you know, some other very successful companies, uh, fill in the blank there as well. So thank you, Monty. I appreciate you sharing all of that. And Startup Nation, the name of the book, once again, is Pulling Profits Out of a Hat. And you can purchase that uh, on Amazon, actually, if you want to. We have a link in the show notes for easy access. And it has a whopping, get this, Startup Nation, 22, as of right now, as of this recording, 22 five-star uh, uh, five-star ratings on Amazon. So clearly, uh, it's a very good pickup that you want uh, in your reading rotation for sure. So Monty, I want to ask you this because, you know, when I'm, I'm reading your book and, and I'm looking at some of the, the stories that you share and the anecdotes you share, it reminds me of a Les Brown quote and I want to get your take on it. The quote is like, there is a secret to success. Uh, I'm sorry. There is no secret to success. There is a system to success. And so when I'm reading pulling profits out of a hat, that's what it makes me think about. Is that an accurate depiction? You know, that, that's a perfect way to say it. There, there really are no secrets in life. It's, it's how disciplined you are in following up on what you've learned. Sure. I, I really think that uh, the world, and, and there's a lot of people in this way, that their knowledge has outpaced their implementation. Mm. And so there's, there's no secret. It's doing what we know works or doing what we know that's been proven to work. And, and that's a big piece of it is, is in, in this world, in business, you've got to satisfy your customer. You've got to satisfy uh, your customer base and, and the team base. You've got to satisfy your investors so you get the return, whether it's uh, someone outside your business or it's you yourself. Those aren't secrets. <laughs> But so many people miss those things. We've got to satisfy our team. We've got to satisfy the customer. We've got to satisfy our investors. And when you do those things, success happens. You get results. And so there really aren't secrets. It's implementing what we know needs to be done. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Monty, I, I want to uh, ask you this because, you know, your book has been getting some very warm reception in the business community. As of May 6th, Startup Nation, it was number one on USA Today Business, uh, number one on Amazon Entrepreneur Section, and number one on Amazon Kindle Business as well. It was also number two uh, at uh, the Wall Street Journal Business Section list as well. So, Monty, why do you think this book, Pulling Profits Out of a Hat, has received such a warm reception from the business community? You know, <laughs> that's a fantastic question. I, I wish I could answer, but I, I love to say that, you know, the, the concepts in there are impactful, but they are easy to understand. Mm -hmm. They may not be easy to implement, but they're easy to understand and they're impactful. And, and our whole goal in writing this 
uh, Brad and I was to give a resource, a uh, an operating system all in one place to make it simple for people to run, lead, and manage their business. And there's, I mean, there's millions of books out there today and you, you can pick the topic and there's millions on every topic. And, and they all have, here's the secret. There, as, as you pointed out, there are no secrets. The things in here aren't, uh, I'm going to say they aren't just amazing new topics. They are putting the things together that have been proven for successful businesses, not just large businesses, but these things work in the everyday business that's whether just getting started or just in its first few years and growing fast. And that's the kind of response we're getting is that people have recognized the ease of understanding and how these concepts can change a business. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. And once again, Startup Nation, the name of the book is Pulling Profits Out of a Hat. You can get that on Amazon and the link is in the show notes for easy access. So before we transition into the next part of our conversation, what's the number one thing you want Startup Nation or anybody to get from Pulling Profits? You know, the, the number one thing is the, the, the concept of discipline. Okay. We talk about five disciplines that lead to exponential growth. And so many businesses uh, only do well in maybe one, two, or three. But you've got to have all five disciplines for long-term growth, long-term success. And in, in doing that, as, as everybody builds a business, you're not just building an income for yourself. We should be building a business that will outlast us. That's what a true business is should accomplish. And these disciplines talk about how to create that organization that will outlast us. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that, Monty. I appreciate that. Let's transition a little bit if we could. Monty, tell me about something you learned from your biggest failure. Mm, you know, uh, <laughs> a, a biggest failure that I've had is, you know, having dreams and then not getting them when you wanted, whether it's a promotion that I didn't get in the timing that I thought it was right or didn't get a client when I thought the timing was right. Okay. And I, I think the biggest learning is we go through every experience for a reason and we have to learn from every experience. And, you know, I didn't get that promotion that I so wanted in the geography that I wanted, but within six months I was in a better geography. It helped me grow as an individual. It helped me get to the bigger place. And I think it's the learning down the path and the, the world today wants everything now. It's a, we, we live in a microwave world. We just want to want to push the button and we have it in 60 seconds and it takes time. And that, that's, that to me is the biggest lesson. And it's hard. It's, it's, sure. it's hard. You know, as I said, this was a eight or nine year journey down this process to even come up with these concepts and get them right. And, and before the book came out and, you know, everything is about how are we growing and what do we get there? So that to me is the, the biggest lesson along the journey. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. So Monty, I want to shift gears to something, you know, cause you wrote a piece in the six figure coach magazine and the piece you wrote was entitled Organizational Discipline. There's that key word, Startup Nation. I hope you're kind of gathering this. The key word for today is discipline. Okay, just wanted to kind of get that in there real quick. <laughs> um, so it's entitled Organizational Discipline Leads to Profits. It's a great piece, by the way, Startup Nation. We have a link in the show notes for easy access for you to read that piece uh, as well. So in it, you highlight many points, including the discipline of people, right? In it, in it you state, the discipline of people leads to stability. You create an environment where people know their role and they feel appreciated. A business can do this by investing in three areas, leadership, talent, talent development, and recruitment. So I want to focus on the recruitment part, Monty, if I could, because you know, when you recruit people in businesses, we all have the best expectations in mind, right? But however, sometimes when we hire uh, you know, hire people, things don't turn out the way we hope, you know, their behavior is counter to the culture we put in place and a whole other thing. So Monty, how do you coach business leaders and entrepreneurs to have those difficult conversations for the purposes of correction action? Action, sorry. Also, where are those red flags we may have missed in the recruitment process? Could they have been avoided? 
So powerful, powerful question. You know, the, the first thing I'm going to say is we have to hire slow. Okay. And I, I say hire slow to ensure that the person we're talking to and the person that we're recruiting is the right fit. And, and there's two places I want to look for right fit. Number one is, are they the right fit as a, uh, for the organization? And secondly, are they the right fit for the position? So as an organization, you know, one of the things that uh, I really believe that every successful business has to have is a clear set of core values. The, the, the core values that an organization should have um, are describing the behaviors that we are living as an organization. Now, not everyone's going to be a 10 at them, uh, but we have examples in the organization of people that are doing them and we're all growing and learning all the time to fulfill those core values. Sure. So we need to find out in our interview and in our recruitment process by asking the right questions, do they share those behaviors in their past experience? And if they don't, then we need to move on to the next candidate. If they do, let's dig deeper because we want to make sure that their past behaviors match the behavior that we want as an organization. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. And I think Startup Nation and Monty back me up here. I think the one of the, the key takeaways that I, I take from your answer is because when you talk about hiring slow, I think when you hire slow, I, I think that allows you to kind of you know, set that expectation, if you will, because a lot of times, and you know this, Monty, that we have a, a lot of entrepreneurs and we have a lot of people coaching entrepreneurs where you guys say, you know, scale, 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 fast, fast, fast. But I think, you know, what you're talking about is a more sustainable, more responsible growing model for a company. You know, so, so many places, uh, oh, you're breathing, you've got a heartbeat. Yes, I, I've, I've got a seat somebody has to fill right now. I just can't keep the position open any longer. Well, then two months later, five days later, uh, six months later, whatever it is, they find that this person isn't the right fit. Right. And so we, we have to be calling uh, the references. We have to be having conversations to confirm these behaviors that we want as an organization. And, and that second piece is they have to have the right fit for the position. Now, here's how I look at the position is, is what are the minimum skills that you want someone to have? and in that position. So we've got to make sure they have the skills, but there's also some additional behaviors that you need out of that position that may not be included in those core values, but they need to have to be great in this position. So for example, if, if you're looking for a, a salesperson, for example, you know, they may have the company core values, but we're wanting assertiveness in the salesperson. And, they don't have the assertiveness. We should not hire them for the salesperson position. Mm. So we've got to make sure that it's not just the right fit for the company, but the right fit for the position. And we've got to ask the questions that dig into specific examples when they have lived in the manner that you are, are trying to see if they have that behavior. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. So, Monty, I want to ask you this because I read a, a, a article in CNN Business and it was entitled What Every First Time CEO Should Know. So, Monty, I want to ask you as a, you know, as a coach, as an executive coach, leadership coach, what is something that every first time CEO should know? <laughs> uh, something that every first time CEO should know is how to communicate and lead. Okay. And, and the reason I say that is the CEO should not have all the answers. I hear that. If a CEO is the only one who can make decisions of direction of the company or, or decides who's, who's doing what and, and where, then we, we have some challenges in the organization. A great CEO has to lead. And a piece of leadership is casting a vision of where we're going and ensuring that the team is bought into that vision and that their actions are supporting it each day and each week. And so as, as a CEO, yeah, we've, we've got to get results, but we've got to lead people to those results. And so in order to be a great leader, to see that vision, a, a communication is a big part of that. And being able to communicate and understanding where others are at and how they need to be communicated to so they can uh, become part of that vision or that direction of, of the future. 
For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. So Monty, right before we go to break, I want to ask you this, because we talked about, you know, uh, when we talked about your mentors from earlier, you talked about books and podcasts. So I kind of want to ask you about that now, because entrepreneurs consider themselves lifelong learners, always engaged in professional development, whether it be podcasts, reading books, wherever the case that you know may be. So what does professional development mean in you? And what are you learning now? What are you reading now? What podcasts are you listening to? You know, professional development, what that means to me is, what am I learning now that I'm going to implement to make my life and my responsibilities and my business better? And I do believe that the more we learn, the better we get. And, and you know, it, it's through, uh, through the last, I, I have to share this because when I was in college, Please I didn't do. study much. I didn't study much. That wasn't a strength of mine. And, and part of it was I didn't see how what would I, I was studying was going to help me. And for the last probably 17 years, it's been a different mindset of what I'm learning is helping me grow as a person and as an individual. And, you know, what I'm learning now is, is continuously more about leadership. And, and leadership is not the same as management. And, and that's a big piece. So I'm, I'm constantly learning uh, about leadership, uh, whether it's John Maxwell, Darren Hardy, uh, Jim Collins. You know, those are a number of great people that have not only authored books and studies, uh, but they've made an impact in the business world because of how they have led organizations themselves and businesses and, and that that's a powerful thing is is leadership and I, I have to say this I do believe today uh, the world needs more management and leadership because they are two different things for sure for sure thank you for sharing all of that and startup nation for your professional development purposes make sure you pick up pulling profits out of a hat I know shameless plug but I don't mind it uh, you can get that on amazon.com the link is in the show notes for easy access so we're gonna go ahead and take a break Monty how you like being on the startup life so far uh, you're doing wonderful I love the conversation all right startup nation I hope you're getting great value from Monty's content but we got to pay a few bills once again my name is Dominic Lawson this is the startup life podcast and it is powered by the binge podcast network business owner the startup life reach is growing wouldn't you like your business to grow with it reach out to us to advertise on the startup life you can reach us at 901-857-4818 or you can email me at dominic at askalsolutions.com i mean don't get me wrong like this is a great music to have break on but wouldn't this break sound a lot better with the same music but your business being advertised on it need more content from the startup life you say you can now sign up for the startup life all access pass on the binge podcast network's patreon page there is exclusive content written by yours truly video content where i share even more of my business philosophies and whatever crazy content i can think of out of that crazy head of mine and at only five dollars a month yeah five dollars a month this is more content for you startup nation to really get ahead of your competition so instead of upsizing that meal at your favorite fast food joint you can now invest in yourself on your path to entrepreneurship click the link in the show notes to sign up all right startup nation so let's continue so monty if you would please sir Tell us about your company, Adding Zeros, and what made you call it that? So, uh, Adding Zeros, we are an executive development firm. Mm -hmm. And what we do as an organization, we work with CEOs and their executive teams to help make them the best executives that they can be. And it's implementing uh, the disciplines that we've talked about uh, regarding pulling profits out of a hat 
that we are helping the organizations instill into their organization, into their teams. Mm -hmm. And and I say our client is a CEO and executive team because if if the organizational management team does not show discipline, the rest of the organization won't either. Mm -hmm. And so that's our focus. And in the concept of adding zeros is we really believe this is that what we teach and train and help implement with organizations, it, it's not only going to add zeros to revenue and profit, meaning we're increasing our revenues, increasing our profit, but we're also improving and adding zeros in engagement, uh, client retention, employee retention, uh, gaining new clients, uh, involvement in communities. And that's a big piece of a successful business is we are impacting every area. We can have a great financial statement, but our team engagement is low. Our turnover rate with employees is too high. Our client retention is lower than we want, but our financials look great. So we want to make sure that we have the discipline in every area of business and that we're adding zeros in all areas, not just revenue and profit. Gotcha. Let me, let me ask you a, a, a quick follow up if I could. So let's say I'm, I'm the, you know, the CEO or the shareholder, whatever the case may be. And I only care about profit. What do you say to that person? If we only care about profit, it's going to be hard to achieve profit long term. Fair enough. It might be great in a short term period. And, you know, you're looking at the stock market, a lot of them, yep, we're, we're, we're thinking of quarterly results right now. Right. Well, there's a lot of companies, and I was a part of one many years ago, that we would do things at the end of the year or during quarters so we'd make our financials look good, but that impacted negatively the long-term view of the business. Absolutely. And we do have to look at sustainability of an organization. And if we only look at profit today, we aren't being sustainable in the future. We may have maybe struggling with, maybe we're doing okay with profit today, but we see that our team isn't as engaged or isn't as supportive of customer service that we need. Well, if we don't address customer service or we don't address team engagement now, we're just going to make the problem bigger. And yep, today financials might be looking good, so we don't have to worry about it. Well, if we wait until we have that month or that year that financials take a dip, it's going to take longer to correct it because we haven't focused on developing the right team, the right customer service, the right relationships with our customers, whatever it might be. Glad. And thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so glad you said that, Monty. You have no idea because I think a lot of times, uh, a lot of companies, you know, and, and, a, and a lot of companies who, who are looked at by some in startup nations, some who are just like starting out on their journey, they say, and they look at those financials like, well, as long as the financials are okay, I'm good. But like you, when you talk about that long-term success, that long-term sustainability and, and having a company that's still here long after you're gone, I think that is so important about the culture and the organizational discipline that you talk about. So thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. And, and that's, again, I, I've said it, but if we as an organization aren't focused on how are we making this business sustainable long-term, it should outlast us, then all we are is thinking about financials today. Right, right, for sure, for sure. So I, I want to ask you this, you know, because you, you've had some success stories adding zeros. Tell us about some of those success stories that you've had with adding zeros. You know, I, I, I want to tell about a, a client that uh, uh, they have around 70 retail locations. Okay. Now, this is this is an organization that they've been around for decades and they've grown to these number of locations through acquisition and through mergers. And when I first met them, they said, do you help with customer service? And I said, absolutely. I, I want to sit down with you and your executive team to, to understand the situation, mm -hmm. uh, to, to see where it is. Customer service was the surface issue. The, yeah. the underlying issue was the culture of the organization. Instead of one business, one, one organization, they really had 70. And, and they had 70 different cultures. They had 70 different ways of working with wow. the customer, 70 different ways of, of doing processes instead of this is how we work as an organization. So we actually started with core values 
they had core values probably for 15 years. But as we went through them, sitting with that executive team, there was one out of the six sitting in the room that had never read them on the wall. Mm. And when we did read them, they were almost like commands instead of behaviors. Core values need to be behaviors, but when no one knows what they are, we really started from scratch. We, We kept the same concepts, but we changed the definitions, and then we had to go out and teach every single employee, every single location. We had to teach them why we need core values and the benefit of them, and here's how we came up with them, and here's examples internally of living them. We had to change the culture of the business in order to improve customer service. And, and that just led to, to more things that how, how are we developing leadership within our team? How are we managing the business? How are we doing uh, customer service? What are the standards that we want to be providing to our customers? But it started, you know, most businesses only see the surface issue. They saw customer service was their problem. Yeah, they did have a customer service problem, but that was not the root issue that needed to be addressed. Thank you so much for sharing that. The, the key takeaway from that startup nation is that core values should be behaviors, not commands. That is powerful. That is so powerful because it really kind of, because I mean, like when they're commands, it almost feels like a dictatorship. Nobody, for the most part, wouldn't want to be in an environment like that. Would you agree, Monty? Uh, absolutely. And, and that had been the environment. And that's why they, they had 70 locations because they were just focused on that. And they, people were doing the job and only focused on profit and not the environment, the culture. Yes, we have to focus on profit. We have to have the right things, but there is more to a successful business. For sure. For sure. Thank you for sharing that. So, you know, Startup Nation, when you go to the website for adding zeros, add, adzerosnow.com. The link is there in the show notes for easy access. You can actually take a quiz for potential clients, if you would, right? So I took the quiz and it said that my company could actually benefit from the discipline of strategy. This goes back to the book, Pulling Profits, that Monty was talking about, about the different disciplines, the five different disciplines. And it said, my company can actually discipline, uh, benefit from the discipline of strategy. So Monty, let's say somebody from Startup Nation or anybody gets these results from the discipline of strategy and benefited from that. What's, you know, what is the next steps for onboarding that client look like? What are the next steps in the process look like for a client? You know, when, when I start with a client, I always start with what I call an alignment. Okay. And, and I'm going to sit down with not just the, the, the CEO, the, the, the business owner, but I want to talk to their executive team, their management team as well, and understand where the business has been, where they're at, where they want to go, and how they've made decisions so far, what, what things are working well, what things that they see need to improve. And it's not that we've been doing anything wrong, it's that we haven't focused on certain areas or specifics that are proven success areas in an organization. And so when you talk about uh, uh, the different disciplines, part of that alignment is doing a deep, deeper assessment uh, that has about 50 questions. And I, I, I get every person on that executive team to take that and I show a, a, a result by question so we can see the per- percentages of how people answered that because it's about different views. I look at perception, you know, there's, there's my perception, there's your perception, maybe there's a customer's perception, right. but there's, there's also another perception. It's, it's what reality is mm. because I may see something one way, you see it another, uh, the customer sees another, but then there's the truth and we have to make sure. And part of my role is that we understand each perspectives, but we also, uh, through that alignment, we recognize what the truth is. And, and, and that truth helps us get a baseline of what is working and where do we choose to improve. And if we choose strategy to focus on, then we dig into that area of discipline and how we create that so we can, we can move forward. And it's not always easy to just focus on one strategy. We might have to work on a couple of them at the same time because it's about discipline. It's about getting that understanding to one, make decisions, in that area, but then the discipline to keep it. 
Got you. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate all of that. And once again, Startup Nation, if, if you know this is something that uh, you feel like is up your alley and that you can benefit from, go to adzerosnow.com. The link is in the show notes, once again, for easy access. Monty, also on your website, you offer some free resources. And in Startup Life and the Startup Nation, we love freebies. So share with us you know, you know what those freebies are and you know what the value Startup Nation will get from those. You know, we, we've got a number of white papers that go into depth into different topics that uh, you can take that and, and learn it. And, and again, talk about, uh, it, it is about learning and growing, but it's also about implementation. So take, take those white papers, take those insights and, and dig into them to say, okay, how can I make this work in my business? How do I, how do I take this knowledge and act on it? It's, I love it when people read, I love it when people show their libraries, but it's all about implementation. And that's a big part of using those free resources to truly act on it, refer back to it and, and make it happen. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. So I want to shift gears, just, you know, uh, I just want to shift gears at this point. So Monty, I, I looked at, you know, a lot of content that you make and you have content, man, all over the place. If it's, on your website, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn. So I'm curious, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. Like when you make content, what's your process for making content? What, what goes into the content that you provide for your clients and for anybody who wants to see what you do? You know, the, the content uh, takes time. Uh, I'm going to call it to bake. Okay. <laughs> so for okay. example, I'm, I'm working with a client and uh, I, I might see some great opportunities and I'm seeing trends between clients of, of what's working. And so I want to create some content around it, whether it is a blog post or a white paper or, or even a post on LinkedIn. And, and I think about what's working now, but I let it bake to see okay, is this just a statement or what's the deeper meaning with it? And how can people, you know, it might be only one sentence. Mm -hmm. It might only be one sentence, but there should be, I'm going to call it a lifetime of learning behind that sentence. And, and a lifetime of learning is not just, oh yeah, that's a good concept. It's again, how am I implementing? What is the deeper meaning? How is this going to change me as a person? How is this going to change my team? So when I, when I write a blog, when I post a statement, there is depth to it. And, and that's the baking that I refer to. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. So Monty, look, you've been doing this work for 15 years now, helping businesses, helping business after business change for the better, traveling all over the country. Monty, at the end of the day, what do you hope the legacy of Monty Wyatt is? You know, my, my whole objective and my purpose as adding zeros and, and working with others, my purpose statement is profitable corporate citizenship. And, and what I mean by that is I, every, every business that I interact with, every organization, I, I want them to improve their, their, their profit. That, that's how businesses succeed. But that's that second piece of it, that corporate citizenship. If we're only profitable, it's not sustainable. Corporate citizenship, we are helping our team get better. Uh, we're, we're caring for their needs. Every business has, I call them five constituents. It's not just our employees. It's not just our customer. It's not just our investor, but it's also our community and it's the company. So I want to make sure that everyone that I interact with and those that read the book, those that uh, gain the content that or follow the content that I share, it is about profitable corporate citizenship, that it, it can't just be about profit. We have to help the world that we live in from our team to our customers, to our community. And, and that's making a great business. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So Monty, let's have a little fun. So we talked a little bit off air that, you know, you're into uh, college sports more so than the pros, right? And so you're a coach. And so obviously coaches in college are, you know, uh, there's there's a number of them, right? So if you think about your coaching style, who what does your coaching style compare to as far as like any particular co college coach? Like what's your coaching style compared to a college coach? Like name one particular college coach. You know, uh, so I'm I'm a little, uh, you know, priding towards Iowa State. Iowa for, State. For sure, uh, I figured. I figured. 
both, both my wife and I and, and our families have all gone to Iowa State and we, we love the football games and, and the football coach uh, is, is Matt Campbell. And mm-hmm. I show this video uh, that he has given after one of their upsets of, uh, of a highly ranked team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a video of him in the locker room talking to the team and showing how proud he is of the team. Uh, but he talks about the process that they followed. Mm. And he talks about uh, the process of how we're growing as a team, how we work together, how we interact, how we eat, how we sleep, how we exercise, how we lift, how, you know, whatever it might be, it's all a process to make us better. And, and that's really the same view that I have because I believe that we lead people and we manage process. And, and when I say process, I'm not talking about creating robots. I'm talking about our way of working as an organization. Every business has to have their way to conduct business. For, for example, if, if we had 10 customer service reps and we allowed the customer service reps to do, do it, manage the phone calls and the customers however they wanted to, we would not be consistent with the customer. We would not be creating a good reputation. Right. So you lead people to see why we need to have a, a, a similar way or what we want is the outcome and working with our customers. And we manage process because this is how we are. These are the standards we're going to live by in interacting with our customer. So uh, I, I like to think that Matt Campbell and I are distantly related because of the similar <laughs> way that we, we position and we, we work with our, our, our teams as he, he is, he's doing with his football team and I do with my clients. For sure, for sure. Thank you for indulging me with that, for sure. <laughs> so, Monty, I believe all entrepreneurs have a superpower. What's yours and why? You know, <laughs> my, my favorite word, and this is what I focus on with my clients, is clarity. Mm. And so I do believe that I bring clarity to CEOs and executive teams to how they lead and manage their organizations. And, and that clarity is helping them see what's most important in how we are leading and managing our teams and how we influence others, how we uh, create impact with our customers, with our team. And so that clarity is a powerful thing because uh, again, today, you know, you go on the internet, there's a, you search one topic, you get a million hits. Absolutely. There's so much for overwhelmness of content and information out in the world. I, help my clients bring clarity to what's most important. Got you. Got you. Thank you for sharing that. And before I ask this last question, Monty, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the Startup Life Podcast, powered by the Binge Podcast Network. You gave amazing value from everything from our keywords of the day, Startup Nation. Remember, it's discipline, but also talking about the long-term, long-term, long-term success and sustainability of growing a company. So I appreciate all of that for sure. So the last thing I want to ask you is I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you because look, there's somebody in startup nation who there's on, they're on the ropes. They're getting ready to either quit in their business or they're afraid to even start. Monty, if you would, please, sir, give them some words of motivation today. You know, uh, the interesting thing is I look back at my transition. I made the decision on a Monday. I resigned on Tuesday and my last day was Friday. You've got to give it, 100%. If you're trying to do something partially, well, I'm going to do it on the side. Yep. I, I know there's a lot of side jobs and side, side things we're doing entrepreneurially, but until you give it 100%, it will not get the results that you want. And you have to be fully committed. I, I still remember this. My first two years in business, my wife and I joke about this. I was the only breadwinner and we don't know how we survived the first two years. We don't know where the money came from, but it was our only focus and we made it work. It has to be something that you're 100% committed to and you're making it happen. If it's, if you're only partially committed, you will not get the results that you're at. Thank you so much. And that's going to wrap up this session of the startup life. Monty, did you enjoy being on the show? Oh, Dominic, I really appreciate the time and the, the conversation. I love your questions. No worries. No worries. All right, Startup Nation. So here's my final take. We said it over and over and over and over again on this episode. It's all about discipline. Having discipline 
in yourself leads you to having discipline in your business and Monty understands that more than anybody when we talk about you know how he teaches you know CEOs and other entrepreneurs to really establish that culture in their business that's how you really add those zeros and pull profits out of a hat to kind of plug both his website and his book for startup nation having discipline is the cornerstone of having a successful and healthy bottom line if you want to let us know what you think about the show have an idea for a show topic or like to advertise on our show please send us a message on the startup life podcast facebook page and while you are there like and follow our page as well it's a way for us to engage with you startup nation and really grow our community the link is here in the show notes subscribe to the show as can be now be heard on apple Podcasts, google play Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or whatever your favorite platform to get your podcast on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Startup Life All Access Pass to get exclusive content. This is exclusively on the Bench Podcast Network's Patreon page. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life. What up, Startup Nation? You here for the extra content. All right, here you go. I think about the touch points that I have with technology and the exposure points that I have, which is, you know, something very vital to the code crew um, kind of mantras, exposure points. Had I not had those exposure points, I would not have had a frame of reference for picking up technology later on in life. So Startup Nation, we leave Des Moines, Iowa and come back home to Memphis, Tennessee, and chop it up with Audrey Willis, co-founder of Code Crew. So if you want to get that episode as soon as it's available, go ahead and subscribe to the Startup Life Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. So that way, when Audrey's episode is available, it'll be right there waiting for you. But until then, Startup Nation, get out of here. You got a company to grow.